0: Welcome to the Get Writing podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors. And I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series. But it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and it's Valentine's Week, so happy Valentine's Day if you're celebrating. And I had to tackle the topic of romance today just because it's in the air this week, and why not? We're going to have some fun. Um, I have a special guest back in honor of Valentine's Day. You may remember Trisha Lair from episode 16. She came on the podcast and we talked about the real value of romance novels. I'll link to it in the show notes if you missed it. But Trisha is a romance writer and she also coaches romance writers. And she's just the best. I had to get her back on the show for this episode because, let's be honest, I'm way better at murder than at love, so I definitely needed an expert. And we had some fun with this conversation. So we talked about spice levels in romance writing, and we kind of compared that to cozy writing where oftentimes you are not able to talk about sex or romance in any kind of depth. Um, And a lot of that's supposed to happen off the page. So we, we talked about comparisons between certain types of romance writing where that's the case and other types where it gets extra spicy. We also talked about the use of language and expectations in both the romance genre as well as traditional and cozy mystery genre when it comes to romance and romantic subplots, even if you're not writing a straight up romance. We talked too about creating and showing intimacy between characters. Discussion that I really love because it's pertinent to not just romantic relationships. Um, It's about connections between people in town, for example. So if you write cozies and your main character has connections in town, it's about showing how those people connect and levels of intimacy there and how people reveal information. Um, So the conversation applies to all types of writing for sure. So I hope that you really enjoy it. We had a lot of laughs. I can't think of a better way to approach a Valentine's Day podcast, whether you love to read or write love or not. It's not just about romance. So let's jump in. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Hey, Trisha, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Liz. It's so great to be here. Happy Valentine's week. This is a fun time of year for you. <laughs> oh, it
1: is. It's, it is busy. Oh, my gosh. I've had so many people like, oh, let's talk romance. Let's talk romance. And oh, my gosh, I'm
0: getting tired. But I'm also just so excited because it is so fun just to talk romance all the time. It is fun. Do you get do, so do is it a big thing for romance writers? Like, do they are there a lot of books centered around Valentine's Day? Um, there are some
1: especially those who kind of want to expand kind of their holiday romances to not just you know the end of december holidays but they want to do you know valentine's or spring break or you know fourth of july or canada day for those of us who are in canada it's it's fun just to see people kind of expand that way but i think a lot of folks like to think about writing or reading romance in february just because you know it's the love month and so it can be really fun yeah, just to to focus on romance. Some folks like to just add romance back into their reading or their writing schedule in
0: February. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we, we figured out a couple of fun things to talk about today relating to romance and writing since, you know, this is a writing podcast and so we can't just talk about fun reading stuff. Although I guess we could. <laughs>
1: but, okay, reading um,
0: isn't a very important part of
1: writing. I try to remind, remind people
0: of that. That is very true. If you don't, what Stephen King, right? That says, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to write. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> really, it's, true. Sometimes our brains need that
1: rest, but also we learn so much about our own writing by absorbing what other people are doing.
0: Yeah, totally. So, all right. So when we were kind of noodling what we wanted to do for this episode, we started talking about some of the similarities between, um, genre expectations for romance writers and genre expectations for cozy authors, which is currently the series that I'm writing. So let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Let's talk about what the language is like, what language is expected. Are there varying degrees of, of language that's acceptable in romance books? Like how is that approach? Cause I know in cozies it's very, um, you know, basically you have to go in the, uh, go up the stairs and in the room and shut the door. And that's pretty much the extent of what you can really talk about. Um, So I'm curious to know what it's like for romance writers. Yeah, well, when you're talking about spice or
1: steam level in romance, there's the entire spectrum of it. Different readers expect and want different levels. Um, You have, you know, the really sweet romance that, you know, they might hold hands. Maybe they'll kiss. Maybe there's a a lingering hug or something like that. Um, But you don't really have anything beyond that. Anything else is maybe... Euphemistically or casually referenced, but nothing is explicitly stated. Um, and then you can go all the way to the other side of the spectrum where it's, you know, straight up the doors open, the lights are on. You're getting the detail about every little thing that everyone is doing and thinking and feeling and touching and licking or whatever. Um, and some folks actually love that. And it can be super fun to read. I think in the kind of in the, in the Middle ground, you have, you know, is it open door, is it closed door? You have various types of language. Some authors will use more explicit language, more anatomically correct language, um, or others will use euphemisms. The euphemisms also have, you know, the whole scale. And it's really up to writer preference what it is that you enjoy reading. That's probably what you'll enjoy writing um but again at the same time maybe you like reading a little bit more spicy or explicit language than you enjoy writing because it can be kind of uncomfortable and be kind of weird to be writing those words and describing those actions or those feelings um which is a very fun exercise that i did recently at a writing workshop and we had to pick the like what are five write down five words that make you just really uncomfortable hmm okay now write a scene, an intimate scene, between your characters using those words.
0: It was awesome. very fun. It was very
1: fun. Uh, are you going to read it for us? No, because it's um, in the notebook that is five notebooks down underneath my laptop that okay. is cropped up right now. <laughs> but there, Yeah, there were some interesting words in there. Um, not sure yet if that scene is going to end up in my project, but we'll see. But yeah, the spice level language, it's very individual for readers. Romance readers, they like romance, but romance readers are, again, like on that whole spectrum of a hand, you know, fingers brushing against each other is maybe as much as they want or they want that full open door experience to be in the bedroom with their characters or, you know, the closet or the the car or you know the office wherever it is that scene is taking place um and so the important thing i think for writers is to make sure that it's clear in your marketing kind of approximately where your novel sits um or to include a content warning at the beginning that says you know there are explicit scenes in this novel if that's not your jam you know feel free to skim or skip skip these pages or these pages or these chapters. I've seen authors do that, which is just a kindness to your readers. Because again, some folks, it's just a personal taste thing. Other folks, it might be a trauma trigger um, because of things that they've maybe gone through. So yeah, the language, it's very much pick what works for you, but also consider your readers and where they might be on that Steam scale and make it clear in your cover copy, make it clear in content warnings, um, even make it clear in those first few pages, if you can, through little hints, what level this might be. If you throw in a couple swear words, readers might be more likely to realize, oh, this, this book might have some more explicit language and scenes, um, but if the first few pages are all really sweet and cozy, readers might get a shock if, you know, 50 pages in it suddenly close off body parts,
0: raising, raising the flag or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That's interesting because, all right. So that was going to be my next question because it does sound similar to the mystery genre in a way, right? Because, but in the mystery genre, obviously there, I think there's more sub-genre definition that, that, you know, by virtue of, um, understanding what those things are people know what they're mm-hmm. picking up right so for a cozy for example you're you know if you if you start having you know bombs going off and you know serial killers running around town in a cozy that's not actually going to work because people are not signing up for that but mm-hmm. they know that right they're not expecting to see that when they pick up a cozy but if they pick up a you know jack reacher book sure yeah. they'll probably see yeah. some of that they're picking up a
1: thriller they're expecting more of that. They're picking up something that's labeled suspense. They're expecting more of that psychological weirdness, the dark stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah. like if people pick up a book and it's labeled dark romance, they know there might be some weird stuff in there, some questionable consent, some power dynamics, things like that. Um, But if they pick up a book that has an illustrated cover with all bright colors and two characters who look fairly young, That's where it gets tough. They might not expect it to be super spicy. And we've run into like some of um, my local booksellers who run our little local romance bookstore have run into, you know, young teenagers who come in and they pick up a book that on the cover looks very YA. But the booksellers know that it is very open door inside Mm. with very explicit language. And they know maybe a 14-year-old shouldn't be reading this, or at the very least, we need to make sure that they're aware, and the parent who is with them maybe is aware of some of the content that's in this book, because cover design can do so much to be confusing right now with the popularity of illustrated covers, at least in romance. When you see an illustrated cover in a mystery, you kind of assume it's more cozy, right? You don't expect that it's going to be really, you know, hard-hitting or violent or explicitly sexual because it's illustrated that's you know a little signal but in romance we don't really have those same signals right now which can be very confusing
0: yeah and well that's I guess what I what I mean right because it's usually categorized for you Mm -hmm. in in a mystery bookstore or on Amazon right like this is a cozy this is and even you know on Amazon it goes down to the level of this is a cooking cozy this is a you know Cat yeah. you know, whatever it is, right? But it doesn't sound like those same subgenre categories are always that available or that known in romance. And I, it's sort yeah. of I think in in some bookstores, um, and in some
1: Amazon some Amazon sellers can be really good about labeling things. Others not so much. Oh, it's contemporary romance. It goes here. And contemporary romance mm-hmm. could be, is it sweet romance? Is it you know, what is it? Even dark romance in you know your main big box bookstore is still just shelved as romance whereas in when you have more specialized stores um they kind of divvy it up a little bit more but even then they don't generally divvy it up by steam level Mm. or spice level because that's so it's so individual for for one person what might be you know if you're using the chili pepper scale that some people use if it's out of five chili peppers a three for some person might actually be a five for another, right? Because it's so individual. And yeah, it's definitely one of those genres where we don't have a clear scale for that. We don't have clear branding for that. Um, so it's really about readers and writers and booksellers kind of trying to communicate as well as they possibly can through things like reviews or recommendations. Um, if you like these books, you might like this book because, you know, if you're using those comparables, then you're going to want to make sure that those, um, the language that's used, whether it's open door, closed door, lights on, lights off, fade to black, whatever it is, that it's, you know, they're kind of comparable if you're recommending these books or that you're giving the caveat of if you really like this book but you want a steamier version, try this book can be great. Um, but the romance, I find the romance readership, they're really generous with, you know, sharing books and stories with each other and especially now that we have social media tools like Instagram and, and TikTok. But again, unlike in Mysteries where you have kind of that clear line between kind of the sweet and the more explicit, we don't we just we just don't have that, except for the dark romance, which you can generally tell for those books at least by the covers that they are a little bit darker.
0: Yep. Yeah. So you'll you'll have to pardon my ignorance with romance. I haven't read one in a really long time. I mean, I guess I'm clearly much more comfortable with murdering people than I am with love. (laughs) So I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that, but (laughs) <laughs> but I don't. I I don't know. I actually um, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I haven't read a romance novel since I think I stole one of my mother's when I still lived at home when I was a teenager, and you know read hers back when she used to read them. <laughs> so it's been a while. I got I got really yeah. uh, into murder at a really young age. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the thing, though. is people still especially if it's been a long time since they've read romance, Um, a lot of folks don't realize the difference between all the romance subgenres or even really what a romance novel is. Um, So I'm just going to put it out there for the listeners. A romance novel is a, a novel in which the main plot centers around the relationship between the love interests. And in today's romance novels, you can have as many love interests as you want. generally you know in the past it was you know a male and a female and now we have queer romances we have polyamorous romances it's it's lovely it's really fun you can find whatever you want to read about um but so in a romance novel two requirements one the main plot centers around the development of the relationship between the love interests and two it's got to end in a happily ever after or a happily for now aka the characters have to end up together you know, planning a future together, that kind of thing. Everything else is kind of up to you. You can throw in a mystery subplot. You can throw in, you know, a quest or a heist or whatever you want, you can throw all of them. You can throw in a weird comedy aspect. You can throw in space. You can throw in werewolves. You can throw in vampires. You can throw in, you know, I don't know, anything you want. It can be romance. Um, my local romance bookstore has
0: a whole section on monster romance. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Which is, you know, is it like a human and a monster or two humans or two monsters? Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Um, human and a dinosaur. There's
1: oh, that's even, right.
0: you told me about that. Yeah,
1: There's even a book that I've heard about. I have not read it, but apparently it's a human and a door, a door, a door. Hmm. And at one point the after, you know, they've, the person falls in love with the door. the door turns into a humanoid type creature i I don't know okay. <laughs> I don't know the title of this book or anything. It just when I heard it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, but again, mm-hmm. like romance can be as you know kind of straightforward one man, one woman, they meet, they fall in love, or as weird as you want to be. You can go in any direction, which is what's so fun about it is we've got those two requirements, and that's it,
0: yeah. You
1: can do whatever else you want with it, um, but those are the two things that your readers are expecting when they pick up the book. Um, and as long as you kind of try and communicate a little bit in your cover copy or your book design, where maybe the book might go in terms of intimacy, readers are fine. Hmm. If they don't if they don't enjoy it. Often they'll skip past, you know, the spicy stuff. Um, and then you'll you'll always have those readers who might give you some reason like, oh, they turned the lights off. They closed the door. No, I wanted more. I wanted to see what happened. I wanted spice. So it really, you know, you can't please everyone. But yeah. as long as you have those two main things, most romance readers will be happy to see this book shelved with the other romances.
0: That's cool. All right. So I have to ask because you mentioned that you can have mystery in it. So are there parameters, like, can you not have a dead body? Because I guess that would be an actual, that would actually turn it into a, like a romantic mystery versus a well, so there, there is, a mystery.
1: There's a whole subgenre called romantic suspense.
0: Yeah. Yes, Nora right? Roberts. I have yeah. read Nora Roberts' romantic suspense. And, and Nora has, like, her books,
1: depending on which books, they can span the whole gamut. She has some yeah. with magical realism. She has some that are very, very sweet. She has, like, the whole range Um but again, it's, it's Nora Roberts. Like you can't, yeah. you know, she's, she's Nora Roberts. So yeah. She can write again, whatever she wants and it will sell a million copies. Um, the hard part with throwing the dead body in there is figuring out which is your main plot. Right. Right. And that's the part where I've actually had to work with a client where we were going through a series that she had previously written to go through and like, you know, look, is the story working? Let's figure this out. And book one was kind of on the line, like, okay, so we're struggling at points, this other plot, you know, the political intrigue, you know, the mystery, the crime takes real precedent at other points. You're saying it's a romance, which one is it? Um, So we're really struggling with like, okay, this is really great, but we need more of the romance. How is the romance, the relationship between these characters helping them solve the mystery? How is... Working together to solve the mystery, helping them, you know, get get to know each other and fall in love. By the time we got to the end of book two, it was very clear. No, this is not. It's not a romance series. She's a mystery writer at heart. Exactly. (laughs) She was. She was a mystery writer, a suspense writer, and she realized she was writing a suspense series that had romantic subplots, Hmm. which are great. People love people love having romance romantic subplots. Um, But she was in her mind. She was so focused on that she was writing a romance that she was trying to shove a remain romance plotline into a story that didn't work because that wasn't the main, that wasn't the story she actually wanted to tell. She wanted to tell the suspense story, the mystery story. So it was really exciting when we came to that realization together. Um, and she had this huge weight just lifted off her shoulders because she finally realized she could have the romance that she wanted, but it didn't have to be the main story. Yeah. Um, So that's the hard part, right? Where it's like, how do you, which is your main story? Does the mystery subplot, the dead body, the crime, whatever, does that help the readers see the relationship between the characters developing? Is the developing relationship of the readers secondary to that, you know, figuring out how did that dead body come to be a dead body in wherever it is it was discovered, right? So it, it can be rough and it can be need a lot of experimentation, a lot of back and forth and discussion to really figure out where your book lives. And I like to talk to writers about thinking about envisioning their book on a bookshelf in a bookstore or in someone's personal library, what books would be next to that, to your book on that bookshelf. Mm -hmm. That will give you a huge clue into what genre you're actually writing, um, who your readers are, because if, You're writing, think you're writing a romance and you keep picturing mystery authors or suspense authors or thrillers or fantasy novels next to your book. Well, is it actually a romance or is it one of those other books with a romantic subplot?
2: Hi, this is Julian, the producer for the Get Writing podcast. Zencaster is an extremely important part of our workflow on this show. Podcasting has you working with a wide range of people who all have different computer and office setups, different levels of comfort with technology, and different levels of time and patience. Zencaster takes this big logistical headache and makes it utterly trivial. No more grappling with recording software, waiting for files to be delivered, losing files, none of that. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've ever thought about podcasting and thought that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your show all in one place and then distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. Go to zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code writing, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.
0: Yeah, I feel her because I, every time I think of writing anything else, I just keep thinking, but what would happen if there was no dead person? (laughs) Like what, what would actually you the story be? You have be? A special mind, Liz. You have a special mind. <laughs> yes, I've been told that many times. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> All right. So forget about the dead bodies. Uh, let's go back to them. Um, let's go back to, I want to talk about like how you talk to people or talk to writers about showing intimacy between characters when it's not necessarily about the sex part. It's just about the kind of developing Mm -hmm. relationships. Are there expectations there too as to how that gets shown or? Um, I think that it's so individual to the writers and the characters.
1: Um, The writers, their personal style, the story that they really want to tell, and the characters, right? Because the situation the characters are in and the personalities that the characters have will naturally create opportunities for intimacy. Or for them to hold back, um, because you can't have intimacy, like real intimacy, emotional intimacy between these characters without some level of trust. And that level of trust requires the characters to spend time together, um, to have shared experiences that create opportunities for them to feel safe enough to be vulnerable with one another. So, while sometimes you know the characters end up in bed together right away, and it can be a really fun way to start a story. Um, Oh, I forget the title of it, but one of Olivia Dade's novels starts with two characters having a one-night stand. Um, the next morning, they show up at the same audition and find out that they've both been chosen to be co-leads in a, in a movie or a TV show that's going to be filmed for years in a remote location, <laughs> <laughs> where basically it's just the two of them. Um, that is a great way to start tension. Yeah. And so you had this great sex scene at the beginning of the book but it was it was just sex it was two people having a great time physical pleasure and then over the course of the rest of the novel you get to see them build up this emotional intimacy as they spend time together as they talk to each other as they share experiences um as they start to get to know each other pick up on each other's you know physical signals he can he starts to tell when she's uncomfortable with situations or she can tell if he's tired and kind of having an off day And because she started to know him, you know, maybe she goes and talks to someone in charge, someone who's part of the crew, and encourages them or asks them to do something to help him out. Things like that, right? You want to have those moments where you see the characters caring for one another. That's not just a purely, you know, physical caring. You want kind and intimate moments a physical touch that aren't necessarily sexual um one of the biggest things that character that romance readers love you know is that moment where you know if it's a male female romance the male character just gently touches the female character's lower back as he passes her right it's just like oh right like characters readers love that because it's just that moment right where he's being kind to her he's helping her maybe where he puts his body in between her and a threat even if it's the threat is very it seems very small like in in bigger picture things but if she's uncomfortable he picks up on that and he intercedes right so those the the sex scenes feel so much more powerful and intimate when you've been able to see all of those tiny little moments of real life intimacy right where characters are getting to know each other they're showing that they care for the other person in small ways a novel that I just read this weekend she when he was sick kind of out of desperation um she ended up making him some soup and says oh and you owe me this much money for the ingredients for the soup because at this point they're not actually friends um and I'm not I'm charging you for the emotional support Snickers that I got myself (laughs) really cute funny moment (laughs) later in the novel she's having a rough day um she's in a hotel for work he's there as well but they have not interacted. She's having this rough day and her her um, hotel room door, someone knocks and it's room service delivering chicken soup and three Snickers bars. <laughs> and it's this moment of he's paying attention, he's caring about her. And it takes another, I don't know, two thirds, a third of the book before they actually end up together. But that was such a moment of just really sweet intimacy. It's such a small thing, right? Or, you know, when a character shows up and realizes that, oh, she's lied to her family about how we know each other. What could, what would this character do? Hmm. Well, he just pretends and goes along with the lie because she's trying to save face with her family. So he just does it. And she's wondering the whole time that he's there having dinner with her family, pretending that they're friends. Um, when's he going to throw me under the bus? When's he going to throw me under the bus? And he doesn't, right? These are all these little things, little ways to just build moments. And then there's those moments where they share something intimate or vulnerable about themselves, about their backstory. When you've had these little moments, that feels then more real, more authentic, those vulnerable conversations. And all of that builds up too you know, the big fun sex scenes, whether or not the door is open or closed. Yep.
0: I love that. Cause it, it's like, you're right. A lot of mysteries do have romantic subplots and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and a lot of cozies, right. People like to see that. And, but sometimes it's hard to, I mean, when it's, it's easier, I think when you have a series, cause you can show them, mm-hmm. you, you can show relationships evolving over time, but if it's just in one book and there's all the expectations that, you know, if your main character is, um, a female, right? You don't want anyone coming in to save her, right? She has to be the one saving herself and saving the you know, town and finding the murderer, right? So her love interest, whether it's male or, or female, can't show up and save the day. She has yeah. to still save the day.
1: And I think... Well, here, here's something that that immediately brings to my attention, because I have a two-year-old. We recently watched Frozen and Frozen 2 on repeat. Mm. <laughs> and in Frozen 2, there's a scene where Anna is facing these big troll monsters and Kristoff comes zooming in on his reindeer, swoops her up, picks her up so that the tree or whatever it is doesn't fall on her. And what does he do? He doesn't try and save her. He doesn't try and rescue her. He just gets her out of that one moment of danger and says, what do you need? I'm here. Hmm. And he offers his help and she says, I need this. And he's like, okay, got it. And he deposits her so she can keep doing what she's doing. And he goes off to do the thing that she asked him to do oh, that's in order great. to help her. And it was like, it's just, it's a kid's movie. It's an animated Disney movie. But right there is a moment of not just intimacy where he realized something was wrong. And he went to find the person that he loves and help her in any way he could. But then that's what he does. He doesn't try and solve the problem for her. Hmm. He doesn't try and take over. He simply says, I'm here what do you need? How can I help? Which I think could be a great way in a cozy for, you know, that romance to showcase where he respects her. He respects her for who she is, for the knowledge she has, the skill she has, the strength she has, and realizes this isn't my thing. This is your thing. I'm here to help.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I probably should watch Frozen because I'd never seen it. (laughs) And people make fun of me all the time. (laughs) Frozen, it's delightful. Um,
1: Kristoff and Anna kind of fall in love. Frozen Mm. 2, you get to see a little bit more of their relationship. And he's, you know, he's kind of the goof. um, And he's trying to, like, figure out how to propose to her. And it's very, very sweet. Um, But the biggest, my favorite part of those movies is the relationship between the two sisters. um, Because there is this beautiful intimacy that you see develop between them after years of the two of them kind of being... At odds with each other and i think that's something also to think about even when you're writing cozies whatever you're writing is thinking about showing those moments of intimacy of kindness of love between characters who aren't necessarily romantically involved friends siblings co-workers even um mentor characters there's all of these different characters within our stories And if we only ever focus on the relationship between the people who are falling in love, we forget about all of those other kinds of love that exists in relationships um, in people's lives, especially when you have this cute small town cozy. There are going to be moments of intimacy between your lead character and so many other characters within that town, right? There's the neighbor or, you know, the coffee shop person, the barista that they see every day or you know their former elementary school teacher who they've kept in contact with their whole life who's watched them grow up and is so proud to see the person they've become and you get to see moments like that with you know inside jokes or sharing memories um it can be really fun just to experiment with how can you show all of these different relationships show the strengths that are there the love that is there through non-physical means or through, you know, dialogue or memories, things like that. There's so many ways to show that people care for one another.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a really good reminder for all of us mystery people, because I know we get really focused on the murder and the, you know, the, clues. Dead, body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dead body, the clues, <laughs> the suspects. And then we're like, oh yeah, we got to have the, you know, romance building up on the side. And I think sometimes I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I forget like th- that's not all there is to life, you know, and then I'll, you know, my character will stop and get coffee. Cause of course, you know, she is me in that way. <laughs> but like, sometimes I'm like, what As else is she 19. doing? <laughs> yeah. What else is she doing? <laughs> so that's or, a really good and, reminder.
1: Like It can be really fun too, right? In those moments where your characters interact with other characters, those can be moments where, you know, their brains flip, the switch flips in their brain related to either the romantic interest or the mystery they're trying to solve or the puzzle that they're trying to figure out or the problem in their lives that they're trying to overcome. All of those other moments can be really great and fun. Um, One of the books I, I recently read, the best friend character shows up and they've been kind of at odds for a while because you know that's what sometimes happens when two people like high school ended and one stayed in their hometown and the other person went off to college and you know life happened yeah and the best friend comes back and it's this really lovely moment where these two characters kind of try and explain themselves to each other but also say hey you really hurt me and apologize to one another and then you get to see these moments where you know they still know each other they still love each other but they messed up and didn't communicate well and then the best friend says okay so now tell me about sky like what's going on there and the main character just kind of dumps all this stuff about all of the terrible things that this guy did to her and she's like that that's it and she basically pointed out how the main character's emotional response to this was yes totally have the emotional response but now you need to sit down and actually think about what you reacted to and the reaction you had was that an appropriate reaction and the best friend is like really that's it you did this here's all these things from our past that were bigger things and you maintained relationships with those people so what is it with this guy and it was just really fun to see how she knew her so well and was able to kind of Put the pieces together for the character to go, oh, darn it, I messed up. I have to go apologize to him. How do I apologize to him? Oh, no, what do I do? And that kind of set off the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So those interactions with other characters can be so powerful for, you know, the romance or figuring out
0: who deposited that dead body in so-and-so's backyard. Yeah. No, I love that. That's just a great different way to look at it. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. So what are you going to be reading on this week during Valentine's week or watching? What's your favorite movie or book? Or uh, I hate those questions. Sorry, but I need I help. I need help with a romance um, thing because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I have started reading Elsie
1: Silver's Chestnut Spring series. um is quite fun it is a little bit spicy um so if you're not into that maybe avoid it but the first book flawless um actually takes place partly um in the city that i live in which is really fun so cool and it's a romance between you know the rough and tough bull rider who lives on a ranch and you know the city girl talent agent who basically has is assigned to be his babysitter to keep him out of trouble to save his reputation for after he made some not so appropriate comments that got caught on camera and went viral online um so that's the first book in the series and there's a bunch more books four more books five more books um that kind of go through his his brothers and their friends in their community and the romances that they have so that's on my list. I'm hoping to get to the bookstore this week to pick up book two in that series. Cool. Um, and I don't know. Anything that Alicia Rye writes, I love. Um, anything that Sally Thorne writes, I love. I'm also currently going through a reread of Sarah J. Mass's ACOTAR series, which is a romanticy series. Um, a what? Romanticy. Romantic. So, romanticy is romance and fantasy all smushed together.
0: Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Um,
1: Yes. Where the romance plays a very major role. Romanticy can be hard to parse. Is it romanticy? Focus on the romance. Or is it fantasy with romance in it? Um, Hmm. Romanticies, especially adult romanticies, tend to be very spicy and steamy. Um, But Sarah J. Maas' A Court of Thorns and Roses um, is... It's quite fun. It's enjoy. I haven't. I just read book one again. I first read it back in 2016. It's a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Okay. Um, set where a human girl basically has to is forced to enter the world of the fae, and uh, it's
0: lovely. Has to break a curse and all of that fun stuff. Um, mm. So I'm a trying new, to is there a new that. one of those out recently? Okay, I there's, feel like so there's a new one me.
1: coming. So I I read the first four books in the series I think um one came out last year that I have not read yet and then another one's coming out this year so I realized it's been so long I need to reread the first few books so I can remember what's going on because they're like they're decent chunks but they're fun um you get kind of the fun of you know Sometimes there's dead bodies. Uh,
0: <laughs> sometimes there's <laughs> like, someone told me about these. Giant monsters.
1: It's... Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> yeah. Giant monster worm that's trying to eat her and she has to escape. Oh. But then you also have those moments between the two characters as they get to know each other and try and fall in love. Um, yeah. So I think that's what I'm reading right now. I'm trying to like read through my stack of library books and unread books, but I also just want to keep reading these rereads. So yeah. that's where I struggle. There's just, there's so much out there. There's, there's romance out there for anyone who wants anything, you know, yeah. do you want giant worms trying to eat your character <laughs> and her trying to like figure out how to kill this worm um, and break curses and save an entire world or kingdom from the evil queen? Or do you want, you know, the small town, the bakery owner and the um, mechanic falling in love and trying to hide their romance from everyone else in the town so that it can be just for them because they know that the entire town is just going to be like all up in their business. As soon as they find out that they smooched, right. There's the whole gamut.
0: Or you can decide if you want to fall in love with your door or your computer or, exactly or you know, a Yeti. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. They're all out there. Everything's out there. (laughs) very fun. All right. I definitely learned some new things today. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate having you back and I hope you have Thank a great so Valentine's much. week. Yes, you too. Happy Valentine's day. Thank you too there you go, folks. Valentine's Day, get writing style. I'd love to hear what you took away from this episode. For me, it was the piece about creating intimacy and the reminder that levels of intimacy don't need to be reserved for the romantic plots or subplots in whatever you're writing. So again, if you're writing cozy mysteries and you're trying to Show sides of different characters. It's important to show how they interact with other people in town. It doesn't just have to be reserved for their love interest or future love interest because it's showing a side of their personality that, you know, if you're thinking ahead, could be planting clues that can be important in solving the crime later. So lots to think about whether you're romance writing or not. I'd love to hear what your takeaway is from this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know, or head over to kateconti.com and send me a message through my website. And if you can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, I would be eternally grateful. Again, I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.